This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, my friends. Uh, a sunshiny uh, hello <laughs> on a cloudy sort of end, bit of a bit wet of a morning. Nonetheless, uh, good for the garden. Good, yes. Always, always That positive. voice, of course, belongs to Charlie Dobbin. Thank Here, you. it's the Garden Show from With Zoomer Radio. Franklin Proctor. Why, thank you very much. Sous chef, also known as the under, under, under gardener. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit later on today, I'm going to be back, back on the air from 1 to 3.30, mm-hmm. and I'm going to recount the day that my uh, eldest son was born today, ah. 47 years ago, oh my. at the Richmond Hill Hospital. And it's kind of an amusing story, in a sense. I'm uh, sure, except Probably not for die at the time. Uh, no. <laughs> You're right. What was You're the right. Richmond Hill Hospital? Yeah. Is that uh, what it was called? Yeah. That's as far as I know, uh, Richmond Hill Hospital. Good Lord. I wonder if it's the one that, like, Major Mac? Yeah, it's on Major Mac, I think. Okay. It's been yeah. renamed, but it was... Something else. Anyway, you're right. Huh. My local. Any, anyway, I'll, I'll kind of recount that sure. and some other fun stuff. But in any case, happy birthday, Kelly, in case he's listening in. And happy birthday yesterday, Elliot. Yeah, your guy. June babies. Yeah, yeah. cusp. Oh, and you... you. <laughs> I was just... You were saying, you know, all this organization for Kelly, and I was yeah. going... Guess what I forgot? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Organized everything. Had the kids, had the food, had the presents, the cards. Didn't and the, have the cake, didn't. And yeah. didn't even think Wait. of a cake. I just totally I know. Go, went right out of my brain. Well, but like Elliot said, you know, I don't eat sweets, so I just didn't even think of it. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I raced out and got him a nice something at the last minute. <laughs> well, this is not the pastry show. This is called the garden show. It's we, true. We love callers. So, folks, uh, give a ring if you're in the Toronto area to this number, 416 360 0740 and then anywhere in the province toll free 1866 740 4740. If you're a first time caller, please let Sebastian, our operator, know. And uh, when you get to the air, that's where you're going to hear it. Get garden wings. <laughs> Those wings. Oh, yeah. Call early, call off, and one question per call. There you go. You've got, hey, that's everything. That's perfect. Um, and we love questions, but we also love tips. Oh, gosh, right? yeah. Tell us, yeah. you know, you might have something that's working well for you, mm-hmm. so feel free to share. We love to hear that as well. Okay, so much going on. I know. You it's know? crazy. So, just a big shout out to everybody I met with and spoke to at both Thornhill and Tottenham Hort Societies this past week. Very enthusiastic groups. They missed you. They wanted you there. And <laughs> I, shall, I shall go up to Tottenham with you one day. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I told them. I said, if Frank was here, we would not be talking about gardening. But <laughs> what? We'd be talking, though. And they had good, you know, beautiful yeah. flower shows going on. So, that was a lot of fun. So, just a thank you for inviting me. I also was very impressed with the grand opening of the new two-acre rose garden at the Royal Botanical Gardens happened this past week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And 
boy, is it beautiful. They've gotten rid of all the old roses, the ones that were just required far too much maintenance and the ones that make everyone afraid to grow roses. Replace them all with newer varieties. So, of course, it's a, they're all new gardens, so everything's yep. still fairly small. But they've interspersed companion planting, so non-roses, to bring in the pollinators. Right. They've also got the whole historical. It's, it's all in a big circle. Yeah, yeah. So on the outside of the circle, they've got the story of the roses. So the very, very, very old ones, which were the genetics that yeah. all the new ones have come from. Really, really well done. Just a very oh, nice. Always nice. Well, congratulations. Yeah. So if you're anywhere near Burlington mm-hmm. and you want to get into the RBG, definitely check out the uh, that brand new rose garden. But as well, today, yeah. the annual rose show is going on at RBG in the, in the center. Um, and that's the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. Now, that's a big deal. That's both days this weekend. Of course, late in the day tomorrow, they uh, auction off all the roses. So, uh, oh, ex- wow. yeah. so really excellent place to, uh, if you're a rose lover, <laughs> get down there this weekend if you can or sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to go that far, staying close closer to Toronto might be, for some people, more what they're doing. And you still love roses. The Greater Toronto Rose Society is having a show all day tomorrow afternoon at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Garden Hall. Uh, presentation, there was a presentation at 1.30. Of course, the gardens are open. There's food happening in the Garden Cafe. And, of course, the show, the talk in the afternoon. So everyone is welcome. Uh, there's no charge for any of this. Even parking is free. Now, today, the Long Branch Garden Tour is happening. And Long Branch is the largest Biggest free garden tour, I think, in the world, actually. Really? <laughs> maybe yeah. not the world. That's <laughs> maybe taking it too far. But it is a very large, very free, wonderful tour. Self-guided, 37 private gardens. There's a bonus of two free gardening seminars starting at 9.15. So just happening right now. 37? Wow, that yeah, is Yeah, that's a lot of gardens, eh? So for more information, check out longbranchgardentour.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, the Mississauga Garden Festival is being held at Riverwood Conservatory along with a paid tour of private gardens. The Riverwood Conservancy is a unique 150-acre nature park on the banks of the Credit River. So, again, a free event. The, the festival's free. Uh, marketplace, food, kids' stuff. Paul Zammett will be there chitter-chattering. So, experts everywhere and lots of fun. MississaugaGardenFestival.ca Wow. And as you mentioned, everything's going on this yeah. weekend. We've got the Gay Pride the weekend going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, we have... Like up to a million people coming oh, yeah, to that's town. Right, eh? Yeah, extra bodies. So, to those folks who are tuned in for the very first time here to Zoomer yeah. Radio, the Garden Show, good morning. Welcome to Toronto. Enjoy yourself. That's right. You'll exactly. have a ball. All right. We have to take a little bit of a break here, Charlie. Because we, we have callers all lined up, set to talk to you here from Zoomer Radio, the Garden Show, live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here you are, and we're going to put you to work, my friend. Uh, I'm afraid Uh, of that. Out there in Dundas, (laughs) Ontario, is Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Hi. um, I have three little plants Mm -hmm. called uh, blue... Blue fescue. Yeah, or festuca. All right. And yeah. they've been there about three years. And Oh, they're lovely. They look like little hedgehogs sticking. <laughs> <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. That's a very good description. I was well, showing anyway, Frank some pictures. Um, yeah. They've sort of 
half lifted themselves out of the earth. What's exposed is a, it looks like a root ball with nothing but dead grass. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, shall I pick away at it or just leave it? Will it sink back in the earth? What shall I do? No, it won't sink back in. <clears throat> so, but probably what that is, like you said, it's been three years. So if you look closely, that, that sort of ugly brown bristly bit at the base, mm-hmm. that's the where the leaves were three years ago and two years ago. Because remember, the new growth comes from the center of the plant. Mm. So that's like, that's basically dead foliage from the past. Right. um, You can double check. The plants could have heaved up out of the ground. That is always a possibility. And if they have, like if there truly is root ball uh, exposed, then yes, you would lift them up dig a deeper hole and sink them back down so that the roots are underground. But if it's more just that brown, bristly old leaves, then that's just picking away at it. Just get down there on your hands no, and knees. It's more like, it looks like an earth. Yeah, mm. if it does look like earth, well, like it, that happens sometimes in the winter when we get the freeze-thaw cycles, mm. okay, that yeah. plants will sometimes actually literally Raise be, up. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. just be pushed up as the ground expands and shrinks through the f- freezing and thawing. So if that's what's happened, then certainly don't hesitate. Get out your shovel, dig up what you've got there, dig a bigger hole, put it down deeper, and uh, get them, get that, those root, make sure the roots are well covered. So it's just a case of replanting, really. Yeah, and once you've got them up out of the ground, you, that would also give you an opportunity to, to with your fingers, just mm. pick away and, and remove any of that dead foliage. Mm. Oh, know. there's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charlie, thank you. You're very thank welcome. Thank you, Brenda. Have a Bye. great day, and thanks for joining <laughs> us here on Zuma Radio. Uh, let's go to uh, Mrs. Saga now, Charlie. There's mm. Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, if I may, a quick uh, comment. Uh, last week I left my name and number in regards to clippings and the like, and within the hour I got a phone call from uh, somebody a couple blocks away, and they were kind enough that very afternoon to uh, drop oh, that off was Rose of a, Sharon, a whole bunch of, um, really? uh, of, of clippings uh, or, or uh, Samples from the garden. Oh, and nice. uh, what can I say? The, the network of people uh, who happen to listen to the show. Good uh, people. All I can say is I'm very grateful and uh, I appreciate their. Uh Thank you for, for that, Stephen. Thank you to the to the donor. But uh, that supports what I've always said. You yeah. never meet a mean gardener. <laughs> Gardeners are good people. Seriously. Anyway, so what else is going on in your garden? What do you need now, Steve? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm looking at the uh, the clematis, which is uh, about nine ten feet tall, going up the side of the uh, the leg of the deck. It's mm-hmm. plenty of sunshine, mm-hmm. but nary a bloom. I know, but it's a bit early. Well, I mean, you suppose, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you know? What kind of clematis it is? Variety? <laughs> I can't remember offhand, but right, is it lovely rem- purplish flowers? Yeah, flat, star-shaped, yep. deep purple. So it's probably one of the more popular clematis called Jack Manny, uh, which is what we call a summer blooming clematis. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal: in the spring, you want to cut that whatever's left over from the year before down to about four to six inches tall. Right. So, uh, assuming you did that, did you do that? Yes, I did. Good. So 
because when you do that, you'll get a lot more new growth. And, and I'm amazed you're up to 10 to 12 feet already this spring. Like, that's great. So it's obviously a happy, vigorous plant. Look closely. I think you will see there are some buds. It is not, it should not be blooming yet. It might be showing some buds right now, but I'd be, it's another week or two before we see any color off of those. All right. So don't, don't panic, whatever you do. Patience, <laughs> patience, my friend. Good to know. Okay. Thanks very much. Hey, You're thanks, Stephen. That was uh, very kind of you to call with uh, a thank you to our audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, good folks out there, all. Uh, we have to take a bit of a break here, so okay. I'll, I'll remind you that the phone lines are open. We've got a couple of lines open, as a matter of fact. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's uh, head out to Hamilton. I don't know whether it's Seagrave. around. Seagrave. Pardon? No. Uh, Aren't we going to, Betty? Kevin is next online, I do believe. No, look at no. your numbers, baby. Oh, gee whiz, how did that happen? I okay, well, look at that. means then, if we're going to Seagrave, that means <laughs> Betty is on the line, a first-time caller. Nice. There we are. Welcome. Okay, Betty, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be on. I'm calling about the Epsom salts in the water bottle with the tomato plant. Oh, interesting, yeah. I did not catch how much Epsom salt oh. or how often. Uh, okay, you know what's so interesting about your question? The person who shared that information with us, his name is Warner. He's actually on the line as well, uh, calling in for another reason. But I'll tell you what I wrote down when Warner called us uh, two weeks ago. He said that he cuts the bottom out of a water bottle. Right. And then into that, and the water bottle gets inserted into the earth beside the tomato. Two teaspoons of skim milk powder, so fat-free milk powder. Okay. Two teaspoons. One teaspoon of Epsom salts. Okay. And water, obviously because the water is going to uh, cause all that to become soluble and take it to the roots. And he does that. I'm pretty sure he's... Well, we can... You keep listening. Cause I will. Because we've got him on the line. He'll confirm that I'm correct what I just said. And I think he said he was doing it every two or three weeks all season. Mm. I'll listen. Okay. Okay. So you keep listening, and we'll we'll get the right from the horse's mouth the actual truth to a truthful answer to your question. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. You're very All right, welcome. Betty. Thank you. Don't uh, be a stranger. Yeah. yeah. Always welcome here. Doors always open to the Garden Show. And now, now it's to uh, Hamilton, and there's Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Hey. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, the reason for my call: the better half loves uh, green grass, and so do I. Hmm. Per se. Uh, but uh, over the last two years, the neighbors have moved weeds on either side of us. Uh, but this white head sort of looks like, I believe people have told me it's clover. Right, it's a little white ball-shaped flower. flowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Right, so it hasn't taken up the yard, but mm. it's in sections. Yeah. Uh, can it be dug out? Do I dig that area out and reseed? Uh, what do I do? Well, you can. <clears throat> you can remove it, and you're right, digging out is going to be the best way to get rid of it. Clover does have a tap root, so a deep root, so you're going to need a, a tool, a, a strong screwdriver, or you know, a good proper weeder to get down, loosen that root, pull up the clover. But I will say, 
I'm a big fan of clover in the lawn for a couple reasons. One is that deep tap root will break up clay if you've got a heavy clay soil or a compacted soil. If we get into a drought situation, all of our grass will turn brown and go completely dormant. Clover will stay green because it's got that deep taproot. It can access water. And clover is a member of the legume family. So it's able to take nitrogen from the air and feed itself. So you don't even need to fertilize clover. So no water, no fertilizer, and it's green and looks good. Those little flowers are super supportive of the pollinators. And of course, because of habitat decline, we are seeing that pollinators are struggling whether it's bees or anything else so that you know clover is one of those things that i'm i'm actually somewhat of a fan of but if you want to get rid of it you can pull and keep in mind with any weeds in the lawn the way to minimize them moving into your lawn or taking over your lawn is keep your lawn thick and dense and and you know, in good condition. So that's top that's dressing with soil. And don't cut it so so short, right? Yeah. And definitely always cut it that three inch height. So right. it's a longer grass than what yep. we used to do after when we've mowed it. But it, you know, keeping it happy and healthy is adding that that good organic that layer of soil every spring or fall, a good half inch, and overseeding every so spring I, or fall. Uh, if, I, if I was to fertilize, sorry to cut you, if I was to yeah. fertilize, that's not going to, as she said to me, that's not going to feed the, the clover. Sure it is. It'll feed anything that the fertilizer comes in contact with. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, All right, so you, more clover will come, but clover's not a bad thing because of the pollination. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad thing. But, but you know, you could get out there hands and knees. I do it all the time. That's We joke about me and my wine bottle out there on the lawn. Because, <laughs> so, you know, once you're down there, it's much easier just to stay down there. It's no joke. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, oh, but, you, you know, make it fun, right? Get the clover out, yeah. then fertilize. And that yeah. way, you know, your turf grasses will fill yeah. in the spots. Okay, then. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, okay, okay welcome. Yeah, thank you, and the same to you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, well, you've already mentioned that we have Warner online from Tilstenberg. There Tilstenburg, he is, yeah. And here he is to confirm So we all have a you, question but, for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome again, Warner. How you doing? Good morning. Good, Good morning. Sally and Frank, I'm fine. How about you? Excellent. So, Warner, did you hear uh, Betty called, and she wanted your recipe again? Yes. Well... You put the water bottle in when the plant when you plant the plant, and yes. then you feed it once a week. Oh, once a week, uh, okay. Two fat-free milk, one Absolute. Epsom salt, and right. water. And then when you go around, the, the the tomatoes don't like to be watered from top. You stick the hose in that bottle, yeah. and it forms up, dissolves it, and goes right to the roots. That's go. very clever. Yeah. If it runs over, it doesn't matter. Right, because I just... had the problem when I started that to put the powdered milk in with the plants. And the raccoons come at night and ripped out all the plants, mm. ate the powder, and I had to replant. That's when I said, now I'll fix you. I'm going to make it in liquid. <laughs> That's right, and put Very it deep clever. so they don't yeah. know it's there. So do, right. you, so do right. you put the skim milk powder in first and then the Epsom salts and then the water? Just really get yeah. that. Put, put all three of them in together. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it dissolves as it's you put just, the holes in. Right. Okay. Excellent. All right. <laughs> so I've got that. So that's weekly. You do that every week. All every right. week. Yeah. All right, Betty. That was for Betty. I hope she's writing that right. down. My tomato plants are like trees. You, you need a ladder to climb up. Already? Like today? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And uh, you, don't, you don't get any black rot. You know how the black spots on yeah. the tomatoes? Blight, yeah. That's when I started to search out and said the tomato yeah. plant is looking for calcium. Right. Oh. And that's when I done it. And the I was milk, successful yeah. so far. 
That's great. So your tomatoes are that tall right now. They're like six or eight feet tall now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, Anyways. When did you plant them? In spring, when, when, when mm. the first tomato plants come out in the stores. Yeah, but was it like early May or did you wait till May 24th? No, I didn't wait. Okay. Yeah, so they've been in the ground. Oh, I took a chance. Okay, good. You know, it's very seldom that Excellent. I look across the uh, table here and see a surprised, almost shocked look <laughs> on Charlie's face. But you, you've been awarded the, I've, I've uh, scared the devil out of Charlie. Well, you see my tomato plants. Yeah. I planted them like a week ago. So it's just, there's a big difference between yeah. Warner's tomatoes and mine. Anyway, carry on. You have a question? Yes. <laughs> uh, Charlie, about garlic. Hmm? My garlic, I called you last year, and then I cut that. You know how high they get? I cut them in half. Mm-hmm. And you said, don't, because the leaves have to stay on to make the bulbs yes. thicker. Yes. Now that garlic is up, everything is fine, mm-hmm. but a, a new shoot come out with a little bulb on the end of it. Mm-hmm. Right in the center. Right. Well, that's a flower. That's called a scape. S-C-A. That's a flower? Yeah. You don't want that. you got to cut that out. Got to cut it out. Yes, indeed. Can you use it? Sure, absolutely. It tastes like it's fresh right out of the garden. It's pure garlic. Wow. Chop well, it all some, up. Somebody told me that's good for enemas. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, Anyways. What a bummer. <laughs> when do I know to pick up the garlic? That is a good question. That's one of those ones where it's it's... There's a lot of kind of potential of when you dig it up. So the kind of the rule of thumb is when two-thirds of the leaves are yellow, it's uh-huh. time to dig up the garlic. However, what I do is I keep an eye, and when I've got about half the leaves yellow, yellow-brown, you know, squinch yeah. eyes, dig up one. Get out your digging fork, dig up one, and see what it looks like, because there's a, there's a perfect time to dig up garlic. If you leave it too long, the, the cloves will start to come apart, and it you know, openings so that they're very difficult to to dry down and to save and to replant. Uh, yeah. If you dig it too early, then the cloves are too small. So there's a sort of a perfect window to yeah, dig to check one. Yeah, so just check one exactly. One, once you've got about half the leaves yellow, and that yeah. could be any time in the next you know week to two weeks, really. And of course, yeah. you're maybe a little you're warmer than we are, so it might even be you know a week or yep. less where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you do if you're colorblind? You get a neighbor to help you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Call somebody okay, to come. Guys. <laughs> I, I listen to you every week. Oh, well, I love and, when you call. And I learn. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your tips. It's great. <laughs> Super. Beautiful. Thank you very much. All you're right. very thank, welcome. Thanks so much, Warner. <laughs> What do you do oh when you're colorblind? That's a good well, question, a, too. Yeah, darn good question. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't know. <laughs> Women aren't colorblind. It's yeah. only men that suffer with that one. Oh, I see. Yes, hmm. indeed. Uh, in Waterloo, Ontario, there's Wait. Catherine on the line ready to talk to you. Hello, Catherine. Oh, hello, uh, uh, Charlie. Good morning. Um, good morning. Uh, um, uh, recently, my neighbor gave me some uh, deep... Um, uh, planters, mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to plant, but anyway, I remembered you saying years ago, you said uh, you could build it up, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and that way you don't use so much soil. Right. Like how how tall are the planters? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, not not very tall, but like maybe eight inches. Oh, mm-hmm. so that so what I did. 
what I did, what I came up with, was I had uh, I used styrofoam, uh, two two styrofoams to build it up, mm-hmm. and and I planted my herbs, mm-hmm. and they're doing quite well. Okay, good. Yeah, false putting in a false bottom, if you mm-hmm. will, into mm-hmm. a deep planter can be a great idea. And, and herbs tend to be shallow rooted. Mm-hmm. However, if the planters are only eight inches tall, I would be inclined to have fill that right up with potting soil or good, you know, quality soilless mix. It's when you've got a planter that's sort of four feet tall that yeah. you only, oh, yeah. you know, herbs are going in there. You can put three feet of styrofoam and then a foot of soil kind of thing. So just because it is expensive to go right to the bottom. Yeah. But yeah, no, good idea. Always. Yeah, because it is expensive and you put the amount of soil you think the plant's going to need. All right. All right. Nice. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you very much, Catherine. Um, Wanda in Scarborough is next on the line here. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Just for a minute, going back to the tomatoes and the Epsom salts, mm-hmm. a simpler way I had read was to put the Epsom salts in the bottom when you're planting the tomato plant. Mm-hmm. And I don't do anything all year, and so far I have not had any tomato rot or any problems with the tomatoes I do. Good. Well, see, the difference is Warner was concerned. He wants to not only get the Epsom salts in there, which is magnesium and sulfur, but mm-hmm. he wanted to get the calcium in there. So that's where the, the dry um, powdered skim milk comes in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that, that's why he does this whole thing with the bottles, is to get that, that calcium down there. Right. But your Epsom salts are magical. You can use those to, you know... Heal, yeah. heal gout, set a broken bone, and feed your if garden. If you got a computer, go online <laughs> oh. Epsom salt. Oh, my gosh, oh, the it's uses ama- are amazing. I know. There, there is something called the Epsom Salt Council. It's such a great... Yeah. The mm-hmm. Epsom Salt Council, it is a, you know, .org. Epsom Salt Council .org. And all the benefits and uses of Epsom salts. Oh, thank you. Alrighty, but anyway, you getting question. to my question, I have, I think, Dianthus. Mm-hmm. growing, mm-hmm. and one of them is like a bulb about uh, circular, maybe nine inches in diameter, and then I've got smaller ones, different colors, mm-hmm. that are just um, maybe about four or five inches. Mm-hmm. Will these blossom all year, uh, like all season? No. No, they are uh, hardy perennials, so they do uh, overwinter and come back every spring. But most dianthus, there's a bunch of different common names, but most of them are spring bloomers. So you, so you will get beautiful flowers ranging from whites and pinks and magentas and purples yes. on, on the different dianthus, dianthus plants. Planted in full sun and planted in a well-drained, fairly fertile soil. You know, super showy. But the, the flowers, once the flowers are done, if you want to just get out like a pair of hedge clippers and give kind of shear off mm-hmm. the, the flowers when they're past, you may find you'll get a second bloom on the, on the plants. But no, to have bl- flowers in August and September I would be highly unusual. Well, I just wondered, I have square planters that are... Um I would say about 16 inches square, mm-hmm. and they're um, cement. Oh, yeah. And I want to put some geraniums in there, and I didn't know whether I could put the little dianthus in there, whether they would... Uh... Well, the difference is that the geraniums are an annual flower in yes. our climate, of course, die in the frost, but they will bloom nonstop 
all summer. So they give us that bang of color. And, of course, geraniums love the heat. So sunny location, hot summer weather. Geraniums are just perking along, looking great, very cheerful, low maintenance. The dianthus may not survive the winter if they stayed in those planters. and But they'll certainly look pretty well. They're blooming. And after that, they would just be like a little green carpet, like a little green right. ground cover in your planters. So I just didn't know whether, say, at the end of July or something, these dianthus would not have a showing, and I'd have to put something else in there. Exactly. They're likely to just be green, little green plants with no color. Mm -hmm. So you'd almost be better to put the dianthus in the garden where you can have that uh, changing pattern and palette of plants and and get yourself something like with with the geraniums I love there's something called million bells they look like little petunia flowers yes I like that but they trail so they grow like a a carpet or a trailing plant again it's an annual Mm -hmm. um, but blooms all summer so you can get that lovely softening over the edge of the concrete planters right geraniums up high million bells trailing beneath and and full color all summer right through till hard frost for both of them Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Oh, thank you're very you, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for you calling. Uh, here we are on the garden show, and gosh, we're going to screech to a halt momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> we got got to get some of the words from our fine sponsors on the air. And uh, just a quick note: um, we're approaching our tenth anniversary on this show. We are. And when I came in, in the studio this morning, uh, Charlie said, uh, "What the heck was uh, Friday, the fourth uh, of July? Fourth of July, back in two thousand eight. And from there, we figured out that was a Friday. And the following Saturday, you were on the air for the very first time. With Bill Gable. Bill Gable was the uh, co host. Mm -hmm. And then the next one was uh, Norm. Yeah. Normie. And then on the 19th, Frank arrived. Yeah. And then it was like. Ozzy and yeah. Harriet. Ozzie and, yes, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, no, but salt and golly. pepper. Uh, what else? No. When you think about it, that's that's a pretty good. Uh, record, that's our you know? quite a run. Ten, ten from years. Yeah. July nineteenth, you and mm-hmm. I met on air. Had never met before. The, the reason I bring it up now is that you know give a chance to folks get out there and get us something nice as a present. Right. Get <laughs> that. Get that champagne yeah, chilling. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Okay. We we uh, we do have to take a break right here. Um, the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. We've got the lines are all jammed right now, so I won't even give out the phone numbers at this moment, but we will return in moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, my friend, let's uh, go back to Hamilton right now and Mm -hmm. say hi to Sophie, who is on the line. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Yes, good morning to both of you. I can hardly hear you. All right, we'll talk loud. Thank you, Charlie. I was very lucky a couple of years ago to find a five-inch rooting of a rose. Mm -hmm. So I decided to plant it and see what I have. Mm -hmm. So this second year, it's growing, it's beautiful, it's against the fence, and it's bloomed. Mm -hmm. I have tiny little white roses with a touch of pink. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is suckers. Mm -hmm. Is there such a thing as a sucker on a rose? They're very tall and and one branch is it good for the rose do i get rid of them what do i do well okay so when you say sucker so you've got some growth from below ground coming up near the rose that's rose but has no flowers on it they have no flowers no are the leaves different from the leaves on the branches with the flowers no the leaves look similar it's similar 
Well, okay. What I would say, if, if you start got that as a cutting, so it was a little piece of rose that had some roots, or you put it in the garden and it grew some roots, yes. then whatever's growing around that rose is the same rose. So yes. if it's if it's going to make the whole plant ugly or take up too much room or take over your garden, you can always, always cut those suckers out. Uh, okay. But to be worried that it's a different rose, I would say likely not. It's likely the exact same rose. But roses have a real tendency to do that. They'll send shoots off the root. And so what you start as a nice little controlled bush becomes, you know, a, an acreage of rose. <laughs> so yeah. so you, remember, you're the boss. So you have the ability to say to this rose, no, I love you, but I do not want you taking over the entire garden. So um, with suckers to really remove them, push, like, get out your trowel, get the soil away from that thorny cane, follow it down underground, find out where it's coming from. If you can get down to the root, break it off the root and it will not grow back. So if it's not coming from the ground, if it's actually on the rose itself, let's say a foot up or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, is that still... A sucker? Do I still remove it? No, it's it's just um, some um, obviously some growth. And usually when we grow roses, we're growing them for the flowers. Now, when we don't know what the variety is, and it might be an older variety that only blooms once. See, that's the thing. That was one of the improvements with roses was getting them, they're called ever-blooming. So we get Mm -hmm. that big flush of flowers in June, but then we continue to get flowers in July and August and September. Mm -hmm. The older varieties only bloomed once, and that was in June. After the flowers, we got the hips, the little fruit. Yes. So, I mean, uh, unless it just is making the plant super unbalanced or really not attractive or, you know, just needs to be brought under control, I would leave it alone. I don't do any radical pruning on my roses except in the spring. Okay. 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 All That's right. wonderful. And you never Thank know. You very much. You could get some flowers on it still. Okay. <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, Thank and that, you. And that uh, you know, uh, that advice means you don't have to do any work. That's right. That. Yeah, right. That's the hammock, <laughs> the nice cold drink. Exactly. <laughs> get that wine bag out. Okay. That's right. Hey, uh, Marsha in Kleinberg. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Um, I have a panicle hydrangea, vanilla fresh. And um, I think the problem is that we didn't cut it down low enough uh, this spring. Mm -hmm. The foliage is fairly sparse. Uh, Is it too late to take it down further? Well, okay, so how tall is it? Um, It's probably about three feet, and the leaves are just on the ends of it. Oh, interesting. Now, is it getting sun? Tell me how much sun it's getting. Oh, it gets full sun all day. Okay. And did you... Uh, okay, so and tell me about the soil. Is What's the soil like? Is it fairly... Like, Kleinberg has a tendency to be quite clay-like, but there are some gravelly areas as well. What's the drainage like? Well, I think the drainage is pretty good. Um, the soil is... Um, we've certainly amended it. Uh, a lot over the years, okay, um, and uh, my backyard 
slopes down, and this is at the top of the slope. Okay, so that's good because it likes that's what it's going to like. It's going to like well-drained soil, good quality, fertile soil, not a lot of leaves. So look closely. Have you have you kind of gotten in close and looked? Is there could there be something eating the leaves? Like why are there only leaves on the tips? Like were there leaves on the inside of the plant that have fallen off or been eaten no, away? No, it's actually. Um the structure of the plant, the um, the branches are fairly open, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of stuff inside it. Mm. Um, so, you know, to me, it just looks like... Yeah, probably like silly, like little pom-poms on the end. Yeah, um, and it looks like there's just, you know, the wood is older in okay. there. And I've, I've done that... <clears throat> Um, I guess over the years because it's at the top of the hill, so it has a tendency to um, uh, bend over with a slope. So uh, I've tended not to take it down very much each year um, so that the stems would not be so lax. Right. Yeah, so... you could, as you clearly understand, if you did some pruning, even some just took an inch off of, or two inches off all those branches, you would likely encourage more leaves in the center of the plant. So it would be thicker, denser, better looking plant. Right. However, I would, <clears throat> if you're going to do that, this is June, you would want Look closely because the buds are currently forming on the oh, tips. Okay. You don't want to so, cut them off. So yeah. you could end up with virtually no flowers this season if I you did see. any pruning now. So then, and that um, plant should is, I just maybe leave it and yeah. then next year take it down? Exactly. Too? Don't be afraid to prune it back hard next spring. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can take a, what, a I, third? I, or more yeah. in the spring, you can take it down by half. Okay. Go right in, go back to buds okay. and get, you know, that new growth. Because, yeah, you do grow this plant for its flowers. And to start pruning it now, I would be hesitant. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you, Marcia. Thanks very much. Thanks thank, for calling. Thank you for mm-hmm. calling. Very pretty. Uh, could be helpful to some other folks listening in. And we do have to take our final break here Mm -hmm. uh, just before we talk to um, Mike in Kitchener here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty then. Hey, Mike in Kitchener, it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, how are you this morning? Good morning. Great. Uh, my question is uh, about fertilizing my lawn today. Oh, yeah. After all the dry spell we had, would it be okay to go out there and do it today? Did you fertilize in the spring? I certainly did. Oh, my. Aren't you a keen fertilizer? <laughs> <laughs> but it's been so dry, I don't want to burn no. it. No, you're absolutely right. With the with the dry, you know, we're seeing some yellowing. There's the dormancy mm-hmm. kicks in. And so fertilizer will just, yeah, burn the plants. But are you getting some good rain today? Yeah, off and on. Okay. It's all, and when you fertilize, you're using a fertilizer spreader on your lawn, right? Correct, yeah. Those spreaders work better when the lawn is dry, because if you start getting some water splashing up into the spreader, all your fertilizer will start clumping together, and you'll never 
ever be able to separate those little grains again without a hammer. So I would just wait. Now, we do have more rain forecast through the week. So I think the the idea is it's kind of rainy off and on all weekend. Then I think Sunday, or sorry, Monday should be a nice day. And then there's sort of guaranteed rain, I think, by Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you can, do it on the Monday. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Hey, and we have time uh, certainly for one more call, and that would be Eva listening in from Seaforth, Ontario. Good morning, Eva. Hello, good morning. Good morning. I would like to ask, partially you just answered my question with the previous uh, caller. Oh, yeah. I would like to know the sequences, how often and when to uh, fertilize my lawn with the weed killing. I know I'm not supposed to do the weed killing only when it's dry and hot, but when? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so killing weeds in the lawn? Right. Okay, and is this where you're digging the weeds out or you've got a spray? Well, I have to spray. I dig out a couple of them because I have a new grass Uh and it was just put down last October and it's flourishing very nicely. Okay, good. Well, okay, so the weed killer you're using, is it like weed be gone or something like that? I didn't use yet. Okay. But that's why I'm asking. Uh, I don't want to ruin my grass now that it's so nice. Sure. Well, okay, so when you go out shopping for the weed killer, be very, very careful that you're buying a a herbicide that kills weeds in lawns. Mm -hmm. There are some non-selective herbicides out there. So this would be a spray that we would spray on little weeds coming up in our in our driveways and walkways, you know, little things start growing between the, the stones. Yes. And that, that those sprays are um, vinegar-based and they will kill everything, particularly mm-hmm. if you use them on a hot, sunny day. Now, okay. weeds in the lawn, however, we don't want to use that because that will kill the lawn. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you're right. It's going to be the hot, sunny days... Are, make the herbicides more effective, but make it more so it's very stressful on the plant to, to put that herbicide on. But then you don't want to hurt your turf either. So get no, a hold of. I used the same weed killer in my other house when I moved from there. Okay. And it worked perfectly. Excellent. And there's going to be some good information on that weed killer as to when and how often to use it. Mm-hmm. Fertilizing, though, um, the tradition, the fertilizer manufacturers want you to fertilize in the spring. So, Which one I did. Okay. And then they like you to fertilize twice in the summer. So once, like like our last caller indicated, when things are looking a little peaked and we're getting some rain, there's your first summer fertilizing, so June-ish. Another okay, summer... So it's now the time. That's right. And then mm-hmm. your second summer fertilizing would be typically sort of early August. And then, frankly, the most important fertilizing of the entire season for the lawns is in the fall. Okay. And that's the one that helps the lawn get ready for winter. So and that, again, I can't have rain for 24 hours, right? Well, you just want a dry lawn. You know, mm. it's just, it, it can rain, but if the sun comes out and it's windy, two hours later you can fertilize. You'll just find it, the, the spreaders work a lot better when the lawn is dry. Okay, um, But that's yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's the sequence. So spring, two summer fertilizings, mm-hmm. and then the fall. 
Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Ethan. nice to have you on the show, representing the folks there in Seaforth, Thank you very Ontario. Much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Well, Charlie, my gosh, a yeah, whole yeah. bunch of uh, areas covered there uh, this morning. Interesting stuff coming by. And from all over the province. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Uh, nice, uh, nice once again to share the studio with you. And you, of course, are back on... Yep, I'll be back 1 o'clock until 3.30. And uh-huh. boy, is there a lot to talk about. And, Time of uh, year. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was the longest day of the year. Did you? I think today is. Oh, is it today? Uh, maybe? I believe so. And uh, it's summer now too. We yep. la- it was spring last summer solstice. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. happened. So thank you, Frank. And uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend and all thank these you. busy activities. I know I've got the same thing. I'm racing up to Collingwood after <laughs> yeah. the show. So stuff going on everywhere. And uh, th- you know, great callers. Keep up all these great calls. Love it. And uh, you and I are still doing the planning for the big celebration exactly. that we are hosting here on the, at the Zoomer. <laughs> Plex for the Garden Show. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.